morning, good morning. It's an awesome time to be together this Sunday morning. Uh, we welcome you to Manifest Church live stream. We're glad that you're joining us. Glad those of you are here this morning with us uh, in person. It's an awesome privilege to be able to come together uh, in this great country to be able to worship our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. And so we want to welcome you. Um, also want to welcome you, those who are watching through Facebook. Uh, those who are watching through YouTube or Rumble, we're glad that you joined, decided to join the live stream. And uh, I hope that this message encourages you. I want to encourage you to share it with your family and friends, to hit follow if this is your, uh, the first time you're visiting. Be, be sure to hit the follow button, subscribe button, whichever one it is, and uh, notification bell so you can continue to get messages. And we also want to welcome those who will be listening uh, on the podcast later. We, we hope that this message also encourages you and brings you uh, to, to understand more of who Christ is and, and what is going to be happening uh, to wrap this whole thing up that we, we know as this side of eternity. So uh, with that being said, let's, uh, let's pray and get started. Father, we love you. We thank you for waking us up this morning and giving us life. Thank you that because of the cross of Calvary, because of what you did on the cross, dying for the sins of the world, we have life today. We have hope today. We have peace with God through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus did on Calvary, those who believe on that sacrifice, who receive that precious gift that God gave the world, they would have peace with you, Lord, that their sins would be forgiven. And not only did you pay the penalty for our sins, uh, but as one commentator says, that that cross was the payment and the resurrection was the receipt hallelujah we have are given we are guaranteed that it is paid in full heaven is satisfied and we get to reign with him forever and ever and we thank you lord that one day you're gonna you're gonna set up your kingdom on this earth and you're gonna rule and reign from jerusalem on david's throne as you promised lord and we uh we look forward to that day we look forward our eyes are fixed on that day lord god and we want to be about making disciples we want to help we want to be about winning souls for you lord and i pray each one of us individually will begin to say lord here i am use me holy spirit come upon me in power that i may be a witness for you in my job be a witness for you in my school be a witness for you on my campus wherever i find myself in play or in work wherever i am may i be a witness for you lord may i declare the good news may i be as one who, who, who carries the good news with them everywhere they go. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to empower me now to preach your word, Lord God. I pray that you unlock deaf ears and uh, uh, remove any blinders from someone that cannot see, that someone that comes in that does not know you, that hears this message, the power and conviction of the Holy Spirit will prick their hearts, Lord, that they might turn to the living God, that they may believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved from, uh, from the wrath to come, Lord. I pray today that that would happen. I pray for the believer who is listening. They will be edified and encouraged, and their, uh, they, they'll be, their heads will be called uh, by this message. They will lift up their eyes and li lift up their, their eyes and, and know that they're uh, to the sky, knowing that their salvation is drawing near, and we have great hope of the future, Lord. Even though we are going through some things in this world, we know that there's a day coming when the king of kings is going to split the eastern sky and he is going to reign and rule forever and, and get rid of all the unrighteous things that people have done. We thank you for that, Lord. 
We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. So uh, let's get started. Today we continue in Daniel chapter 7. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses 23 through 25. That's going to be our May passage uh, this morning. And we're going to be in a couple of different places in the Bible. If you remember, um, as we started this last week, um, this is Daniel's dream interpreted. Uh, God begins to interpret the dream for Daniel, what he, the vision of dream that he saw um, and while he was laying in bed, God had revealed to Daniel, uh, just like he did to King Nebuchadnezzar uh, 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 several years before that, King Nebuchadnezzar got the vision of all the, the kingdoms of the world, uh, the major empires of the world that would be. And now God reveals to Daniel heaven's perspective of what those kingdoms look like. And if you remember, heaven's perspective of these, they were, they were beasts and they were ferocious and they they tore up everything they, they put their hands to. Uh, and that's, the, that's what happens when men try to rule apart from God. We destroy everything. When man says, God, we don't need your rule. We don't need your law. We want to cast off restraint, the, the restraints of God from us, and we want to go our own way. Death and destruction will be looming when people do that. And we're seeing that in our society today. We're seeing how people are wanting to break off the chains that that you know, they supposedly change of God and, and begin to usher into a, to transcend into a different world. And some of them uh, see this in, in forms of transhumanism. Some see it in forms of, of, of a new world order that will be coming. And yet this is all part of God's plan in order to bring the end, the call to bring Christ to this world, to rule and reign and uh, make a, make a spectacle of Satan, the beast, and the false prophet, he's going to have his way because there's no one greater than the Lord. Amen. <laughs> he's the line of Judah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's all powerful. And who can stop the Lord Almighty? No one. No one can stop him. Amen. So uh, we looked at the we're going to be looking at this uh, fourth kingdom today uh, a little more in depth. We're going to dive deeper into the word concerning that again, this fourth kingdom we in our time understand this fourth kingdom to be the Roman Empire. And in the last days, uh, throughout Scripture, we know because of Daniel chapter 2, where King uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw this image of a man and, and uh, how there will be a revived Roman Empire because the feet were of partly iron and partly clay. And if you remember, the iron represented the Roman Empire. Uh, and then the clay here represents it's going to be mixed, more of a mixed uh, situation, and it's going to be partly strong and partly brittle. Uh, and we see that in our world today, how these these uh, kingdoms, or this final kingdom is, is not very strong, but it has some strength in it, but it also is going to be destroyed uh, when it when it's all said and done. Again, so we're looking at this uh, this other kingdom, the difference between it and all the other kingdoms. It's one that will devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it in, break it to pieces. So, I mean, the other ones were already bad. This one is even is even worse. It's going to break it into pieces. Um, in my mind, I think sometimes the breaking into pieces uh, almost I, I I could see that as being a breaking of regions of creating for the ten kings or ten world leaders to rule those ten regions of the world. 
And so we, we can, you know, that's just my thoughts on that. That just, please don't say, uh, that's just what I think on that. I could be completely wrong, but it's just a thought that I, that comes to my mind when I think about breaking in, in, into pieces. Um, so again, as we understand, and, and, and you can almost say in our time, like pop culture, right? This is, uh, this in the last days is the Roman Empire, um, Roman Empire 2.0, okay? This is, the, this is a whole different animal than what it was prior that fell but was scattered. And so, uh, so we're going to go in a little deeper today and look in the scriptures concerning who, uh, who the little horn is. And that's the title of today's message, Who is the Little Horn in Daniel chapter 7, that Daniel was also, after inquiring about what he saw and the interpretation was coming, he was like, I want to know also about this little horn that, that had a mouth and eyes like a man and spoke great things. And so we're going to dive into that a little deeper this morning. Um, so why don't we go ahead and go to Daniel chapter seven. And I, I'm actually going to begin in verse 15. Does this get a little more context of now the interpretation of this dream? And we're, we'll finish up in verse 25, which is the the uh, we're, our main part today. We'll focus on 23 and through 25. But let's start in Daniel uh, chapter seven, verse 15 and so on. Let's read. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious and the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all of this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things. These four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever, and ever. Then I desired to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying, in its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces and, and stomped what was left with its feet, and about the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn that came up and before which three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things, and the eyes see, uh, excuse me, and that seemed greater than its companions. As I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them, until the ancient of days came, and and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High, and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said. As for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the kingdoms, and it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones. He shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times and the law. And they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Amen. So Daniel describes uh, in these verses um, this other king or world leader who takes three of the ten kings out of its out of their place and he takes their place of prominence and authority so daniel begins 
to 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 here in the verses we're going to focus on on this fourth beast and how it's going to be a lot more it's going to be more terrifying it's going to be more destructive than the former beast that came before it and it is going to bring havoc on the earth and uh but there was more to this beast it had 10 horns which is interesting you see this animal and you got these 10 horns on it and and so it's different it 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 means it's going to rule them all it means he he's he and it, he said and it says that this little horn he's different from the 10 and and the difference here means he's going to rule over them he's going to be greater than them even though he's a little horn he's different and he's going to speak uh don't get me wrong, there's nothing good about these 10 kings or 10 world leaders. There's nothing good about them in the sense that uh, somehow they're not as bad as this guy. But if we are going to judge based on human beings, yes, they're not as bad as this little horn, even though they still blaspheme God in the way that they go about their lives and uh, the way they, they live their life. They may not be vocally blaspheming God to his face, but this little horn that's going to come, he's going to blaspheme, he's going to speak things that they wouldn't say uh, uh, openly that they're saying privately. And, and, um, uh, but, you know, we are starting to see some of that. We do, there are people, there are examples that they will say certain things, but they, they kind of keep that pipe down a little bit on what they truly believe or it's just around their circles that they speak these kinds of things. And if you remember in Revelation uh, chapter, I believe it was chapter 19, uh, in, chap- in Revelation chapter 19, uh, it says about these kings that uh, in verse 12, Revelation, oh, excuse me, Revelation 17, I apologize. Again, it's Revelation 17, verse 12, about these 10 kings or these 10 horns. It says, and the 10 horns, verse 12, that you saw are 10 kings who have not yet received royal power but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. Uh, these are of one mind and they had and they and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. In other words, these 10 kings are going to be all of one mind. They're going to be of one sentiment, uh, one thought, um, which is what Satan wants and what we see in our world. Uh, matter of fact, in our own country, in the, in the United States of America, it, there, are, there are certain people within our government and, and are doing it who would love to get rid of freedom of speech. Not in the way that you may think that they're saying they, get, they don't want to get rid of freedom of speech. They want to get rid of speech that does not go along with their groupthink. In other words, they're okay with freedom of speech as long as your speech is with what they want you to think with the one mind uh, that they're going to have for the world, these new world uh, order and this new world system. Uh, But the moment that you begin to use your God-given free speech, that's the moment that you begin to be a problem and that you're you're stifled, uh, you know, all the different uh, uh, platforms out there, social media platforms, they put you in jail, and sometimes, you know, what do you mean? Well, what they'll do is they won't let you see the light of day. They'll just keep you in a little dungeon. You can keep doing your streaming because, they, you know, right now, they, uh, you know, they're not going to just push it out there. 
because you are not saying what the community wants you to say. You have a different thought. You have a different speech. And therefore, to them, that is not uh, freedom of speech. They call it hate speech. They actually call, when you read from the Word of God, hate speech. This is what some of these people believe. And there are people, you, you think, well, well, yeah, I know this happens around the world, the persecution of Christians. Let me tell you, it is happening right here in the United States of America, the persecution of Christians. I want you to know there were young people uh, by a park on the sidewalk. There was a transgender uh, situation going on. They had their Bibles open. They were reading from the scriptures uh, on, on their little personal mic, just reading from the Bible, reading from the word of God, and they were arrested for doing so. And they use a technicality of, uh, uh, of um, a noise uh, ordinance. Well, what about the noise that they're putting over there on the transgender and pushing their agenda and their thoughts on this world? And yet we want to bring the light to that darkness. And we're being told that that is hate speech. And you're being put in prison. They can't put you in prison because of hate speech because not, that's not technically a, a law yet. They want to do it. Uh, but let me tell you, they, they'll use little things like that. Oh, well, you know what? Your, 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 your microphone is a little, it's too loud and you broke this ordinance and we're going to take you out of here. And, and that's how our enemy works. And, 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 and people who are under the influence of the spirit of the age, of the spirit of Antichrist, they go right along with it. They don't go like, wait a minute, that's pretty loud over there too. We don't, they're not telling us to go tell them to shut up. But the Christian over here, he's saying, if you harm your neighbor, if you do evil, if you do these things, that person's to be shut up and put in jail. This is what we're seeing in our world. I want you to understand this is all part of uh, what we're talking about concerning this final kingdom, this final rule and this idea of this group think all over the world. Um, this is part of the plan. Um, so there, I want you to know there are multiple descriptions of this character in the scriptures, this little horn. Uh, and, and I want to look at the scriptures. Uh, I want to look at the scriptures to, to give us a better understanding of who Daniel saw in his dream. You know, like, OK, this little horn, you know, 2023, what does a little horn mean to us? I mean, he must have had some bad pizza and he saw some crazy, you know. No, but I want you to see a little bit more as the Bible uh, in a different time ex expounds more and gives more detail about who this character, this little horn is. I want to give you some descriptions in the Bible of this little horn and, 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 and how he is named in different parts of the Bible. Real quickly, let's go to the first passage there in uh, Thessalonians, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse three, I want you to see something uh, there. Let's see if I have a little marker here. Well, I guess not. I'll come back. Um, I want you to see this with me. Second Thessalonians chapter three. It says here, let no one deceive you in any way for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction so we right here in this verse, we find two names for this little horn, another description of this little horn. He is known as the man of lawlessness. What does that mean? Uh, well, we know that the Bible, he's a man of sin. That's what that means. 
Why? We, we, why, do we, why do we know this? The Bible says this, um, uh, sin is transgression of God's law. When, when someone sins against God's ordained law, they are lawless according to God. They're lawless. He's a son of destruction, as you see there. Also in this same verse, he's also known as a son of destruction. That means everything he touches will be destroyed. He's the son of destruction. Uh, John, let's go to 1 John chapter 2. I want you to see uh, John the Apostle, what he says in his epistle. And, and yet, in his epistle, you need to understand, John here, when he talks about this, gives the name, another name for the little horn, described in Daniel's dream. Um, this is speaking of the spirit and the operation of this little horn. And let's look here in first, I mean second or first John chapter two, verse eighteen, it says, Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, that the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come, therefore we know that it is the last hour. Do you see that uh and even in the apostles' times in the early church, they were already living in the last days. And that's important you to understand that the moment that Jesus Christ ascended to the right hand of the Father, the last days began. The last days began. And, and the last days began as we see Jesus describing the, how, how it works and how the last days, if you remember in Matthew chapter 24, he he describes these moments uh, of the end times as labor pains that a woman goes through, contractions, right? She's going through labor. Well, it takes nine months, right, for a woman to have a baby, usually, the, if the natural way. I mean, that's pretty basic knowledge. Um, and, and there are things that happen to a woman. There are contractions that take place, and as the baby is growing in their womb, uh, these contractions come, they're painful. And, but when it's not time to have the baby, they just come and then you won't hear of it again. And then they'll come again. I don't know how long apart, but, but the closer you get to the, the, baby get, uh, the baby to be ready to be born, those contractions become harder and stronger and more frequent. And they just keep coming, keep coming. I know, I know it's painful. I don't even want to imagine what my wife went through with all three of our kids and all these women in this world who have their babies and what they go through with the pain. But I, they can understand what I'm trying to say concerning uh, how the end time works, that it started slow, but as we get closer and closer, the, the contractions come quicker and quicker because you're about to give birth. Um. So he's known as the Antichrist. And lastly, let's go uh, to Revelation chapter 13. And I want you to, uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 8 there. Because I want you to see this. You might be, man, Pastor, we're having a Bible study. Amen, we are. We, 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 we need to understand, you know, sometimes people may go, uh, there may, it, this isn't flashy, this isn't about that. Because it's not something that gets people clicking and doing all this. But, you know, it's important because 
you need to understand who your enemy is and you need to understand how he's going to operate so you can discern between good and evil so that when uh, you see that spirit at work in in someone or you see that spirit at work in in our culture you're able to detect it and know wait a minute I'm not falling for that scheme I'm going to I'm going to stand on the word of God even though if it costs me some things but I'm going to stand with the Lord All right Re- uh, Revelation chapter 13 let's start in verse 1 It says and I saw a beast rising out of the sea with 10 horns and 7 heads with 10 diadems on its horns and a blasphemous na- and blasphemous names on its heads and the beast that i saw was like a leopard its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth and it too and to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority one of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound but its mortal wound was healed and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast And they worshiped the dragon for for he had given the, his authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying who is like the beast and who can fight against it again he, this little horn is also known as the beast in revelation that's who it's referring to Daniel's little horn is <coughs> excuse me the beast in revelation chapter 13 and all throughout the book of revelation And it says, and the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling that is those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given given it over every tribe and people and language and nation and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain. Wow. So uh, again, this little horn, he he's appearing now because the book of revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what is going to happen when he is revealed, when he splits the Eastern sky, this is, all about this book and and we're going to find this little horn who is referenced to as the beast in revelation he the dragon who is significant of satan the dragon gives the beast authority and his power okay he's there and he's he's a puppet of satan he's working on satan's behalf and so we see this here and if you go on reading there in revelation Uh, 13 you're gonna you're also going to unpack and see there's another beast and that's the second beast but it's not he is the false prophet that's what we know as a false prophet and i don't want to get into all that but eventually we will just right now i want to focus on this little horn who is known as the beast in revelation and and I, just to make things simple instead of calling him little horn and all this we're just going to call him the antichrist right now okay everybody with me we're going to call him the antichrist just because there's so many names for him and of course we are in daniel but I want to uh, give you a little bit more information. We're not going to be much longer. I just want to describe a little bit. What does Antichrist mean? Um, there in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, if Daniel would put up that scripture one more time, 1 John chapter 2, 18. Well, the word in Greek for Antichrist is Antichristos, Antichristos. 
uh, means adversary, the, uh, excuse me, adversary of the Messiah. He is the opponent of the Messiah. And the word, the prefix for anti in this word can mean opposed to or instead of, in place of. Okay, so it can mean, uh, anti can mean opposed to or instead of, in place of. So think about it like this, against Christ or in place of Christ. The Antichrist, uh, he is, uh, is going to be against Christ and he is going to be in, he wants to put himself in place of Christ. He wants to take that place. Amen. This is what is uh, what I want to ex- convey here to you. He will be Christ's greatest adversary. Why? He will be demonically empowered by Satan. So, uh, you know, there have been adversaries of, there have been many antichrists um, in the world as, uh, as actually the apostle John writes, but they weren't necessarily empowered by Satan himself to carry out his plan like <laughs> Uh, like like described of this little horn and also described of in revelation the beast and in second thessalonians that we read about him being um blasphemous and wanting to set up his his reign on this earth i mean we saw many antichrists when we see people doing everything against god those are little antichrists but they're not the main character that daniel saw in that dream okay and, and, of course, if you keep on reading in the book of First John, you're going to see that John is talking about the spirit of Antichrist that's already in the world. It's already at work in the world. It's happening. And when you hear me uh, sometimes describe the spirit of the age, that's what I mean, the Antichrist spirit. It is the spirit of the age. It is working in the sons of disobedient right now. Um, so uh, this Antichrist, he will be empowered by Satan, Right. He will appear as as a divine entity doing miraculous things, even being resurrected. We saw there in verse 13 where it appeared that he had a wound, a mortal wound, but but he was revived. Um, He's going to why? Why do I say he appears to be uh, a divine entity? Well, because uh, angelic beings are more powerful than human beings. Obviously, they were. We were created a little lower than angels, the Bible tells us in the book of Psalm. Uh, we were created a little lower than angels. And so the angelic beings who are these are these demons are fallen angels. Satan is a fallen angel who was created by God. And so the created thing isn't the creator. But because it's more powerful, uh, it's supernatural. We are natural. They are supernatural. <laughs> and so they have different powers that we do not have as human beings all right that's why we need the power of the holy spirit the supernatural power of god in our lives in order to do what we're doing to live a life that will please god we need the holy spirit in our lives we need his power that's why when the when i mean you think about how i mean it isn't anything if we pray for someone who's sick and they get healed that isn't our power that's the power that comes from jesus christ the son of god the creator of heaven and earth it comes from him so if someone were, oh, he's a, he got power, you don't have anything because everything's about Jesus. Everything goes back to him. Everything, all the glory, all the magic, everything goes back to him. Why? Because remember, if you remember there in the book of Acts, when the apostles were, were, had healed the man of the, the gate called Beautiful, 
They didn't go, oh, when the people were like, look what they did. No, don't say what we did. This man is, is walking before you because of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because of him, the power that's in him. He's out of, the, he, he's out of that condition he was in where he was lame all his life. God healed him through the apostles, but the power came from Jesus and the name of Jesus. Amen. When, when, you know, it's not just a little tag phrase you put on the end of your prayer. There's power in the name of Jesus. When you, when you enter a, a situation or you come into a place and you bring Jesus into the mix, there's power in that name. And you have to believe that you have to know there's power in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So when we come and we go to work or we go wherever we are and we pray and we invoke the name of Jesus Christ and what we're doing, there is power in that name. Glory to God. It's not just a little tag phrase at the end of a prayer. It is the very power and the very reason we can come before the throne of God, the Father, because of God, the Son. Amen. So this is important to understand. So this Antichrist, he's going to appear to be divine, but he's not. He's just a created being. Um, Someone put it like this. He will also be a demonic savior whose origin, nature and purpose are diametrically opposed to Christ. Can you see that? He's going to come and he's going to also be a demonic savior. Okay, and he is diametrically opposed to Christ. He is not with Jesus. He hates Jesus. He wants the destruction of God. He doesn't want God to be glorified. He wants the glory for himself. Uh, Let me give you a couple things here. The differences between the Antichrist and Jesus Christ. I want to give you a couple things so that you're aware you can discern. And I hope as we're talking about this, you can see, man. Wow, how this is playing out in our world, how this stuff is going. I know I don't have time to bring up articles after articles. It just, I don't have that. This is not the moment for that, but I want you to understand. And it'll give you discernment. So when these things come, when you watch something on television or you're watching something on, on a stream on your phone or a computer, you can discern between what is true and what is false. That's why they hate this word right here. Okay, it's banned in some places. Because it exposes the deeds of darkness. All right. So let's look at some differences. So the first difference, Christ is known as the truth. Amen. Jesus is known as the truth. The Antichrist, the lie. Christ, the holy. The Antichrist, the lawless one. Christ, the man of sorrows. Antichrist, the man of sin. Christ, the mystery of godliness. The Antichrist, the mystery of iniquity. Christ, the lamb. The Antichrist, the beast. See the difference in the description the Bible gives of both of these. And I want you to be on the right side. I want you to be on Christ's side. I want, you to, I want you to be with the Lord to understand he's the truth. He's holy. He's the man of sorrows. He's the mystery of godliness. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And I want you to know that the Antichrist, he's the liar. He's the lawless one. He's the man of sin. He's the mystery of iniquity. And he's the beast described in, in the book of Revelation. And he's the little horn described in Daniel chapter 7. 
Next, I want you to understand that the Antichrist will do things that Satan could not tempt Jesus to do in the desert. Remember this? And let's go over there to Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. I want you to see this. Bear with me. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 11. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands. They will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So we see here that Satan came to try to tempt Jesus to sin against God, against God the Father. He, he wanted to, the man Jesus, the Son of Man, he wanted to cause the Son of Man to sin. And Jesus, uh, because he knew who he was, obviously he is the creator, he was God-man. I mean, we can't understand that in our finite mind. We don't get it. But he was fully God and fully man. And he understood and he reminded us, saying, you don't know the, Bible, the word better than me. I wrote it. I'm the author. I'm the one this thing writes about. Amen. And so he, he, he doesn't get him. To, he doesn't cause Jesus to sin. He can't get him to do it. So he leaves him. Well, I want you to know that the Antichrist will be the complete opposite. He will. He, the Antichrist will do the things that Satan could not tempt Jesus Christ to do. What will he do? He will perform miracles to serve his own selfish agenda. That's what he's going to do. When the Antichrist does miracles, it's to serve his own selfish agenda. He will worship Satan. He's literally going to worship the dragon described in the book of Revelation, Satan. Uh, he's going to, the devil, he is going to be worshipped by this man. He will grandstand for his followers. And I'm going to leave you with these two points. There's 18 of them, but I'm going to only give you two. Uh, because of time. 18 ways. There are 18 ways Antichrist will mimic Jesus Christ. Remember the prefix of anti meaning in place of, right? Uh, opposed to, right? So he, you got to understand Satan is not original. And I want you to understand the he's not original he wants to be god 
He wants to be worshipped as God. And he's going to mimic God. Listen, he, you know, God has the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Satan has the unholy trinity, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Okay? He is mimicking. He has to create a savior for the world. That's who the Antichrist is going to come on the scene. And all the havoc that's going on in the world, all the craziness that's going on, all the things that man already caused because this is all part of the plan. He, he's going to come in to be this one man that can change everything, that can bro- break a peace deal with uh, Israel and all the other nations around it. They're going to sign a seven-year uh, deal. Uh, this man's going to come in. He's going to be an oratorical um, genius. He's going to be able to fool people. He's going to be able to convince people of his wisdom. And, and he's going to come in and act like he's the savior of the world. You get it? Who is Jesus? His name means savior. To save his people from their sins. And so he's going to mimic Jesus. He's going to come and he's a copycat. He's not original. So one way he's going to do it. Uh, one way he's going to mimic Jesus through he's going to mimic Jesus by performing miracles and wonders, miracle signs and wonders. He's going to do that. Remember, Jesus did that. I'm not going to go read these passages, but I want you to look. Uh, you can write these down in Matthew nine verses thirty two to thirty three. Jesus performed miracles that only the Messiah could do, meaning uh, God had done miracles before through the through the priests and through through the Jewish people, but uh, none in the sense where someone was born with, a, with, with being mute or someone was born deaf. You know, it, they've, God used them to heal people who, who became deaf or, or who maybe became lame for whatever reason, but not born that way. Okay, uh, the Antichrist, he's going to do some things as well. Matter of fact, in Matthew 24, 24 he talks about he's gonna, that he's going to do false signs and wonders. And 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10, he's going to do false signs and wonders. They're going to, he's going to do it in order to deceive the world, to think, so people can think, why would it be false? Because he can't create. He isn't God. So think about today. I'm going to, I'm going to give you this little token here. Think about today the, the fact that we, the, the transhumanist idea out there is to, in, to integrate biologic, biological flesh with machinery. And so people are going to seem like someone who is lame could walk because they're going to be given and they're going to be uh, merged with machinery. And therefore, they're going to be able to walk or they're going to be able to see when they couldn't see before because there's going to be a chip implanted. There's going to be all kinds of ways that this will take place uh, in the mindset of a transhumanist. This is the goal is that humanity evolves and transcends the creator oh my goodness i'm telling you this is good stuff i hope you're paying attention but see this is what's going on they're going to do these things and i know that's how it's why it's going to be false it's not going to be real because he's going to have to use technology to make it seem that way look at ai look at the capability of artificial artificial intelligence how it's working in the world and people are so blinded they they're so excited about ai and what is the promise of it and yet there are also those who help create it that go no it's dangerous it's gonna it's gonna be another terminator <laughs> you know movie they're, they're concerned about the dangers of ai you know so anyway lastly i'll finish with this one jesus christ is god 
Antichrist claims to be God. Okay? Jesus Christ is God, and the Antichrist is going to claim to be God and to be worshipped as God. Man, that's pretty... Uh, and I'll give you the verses again. Jesus Christ being God, we see this in John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In Colossians 1, 15 through 17. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. You can, you can see this. Um, the Antichrist claimed to be God is found there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. You can see this for yourself. Um, and uh, let's just end right now. We'll end with this right here. Um, why, why are we going through this, Pastor? Why are we talking about these things? Because I want you to be prepared for what is ahead of you, what is happening. God wants you to not be ignorant of what is to come and what is currently taking place in order for you to live a life that pleases him and that you don't fall for the, the, the seat that's going to come on the world. Okay, so let's pray as we get ready to end. Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to come before your word. Thank you for those who are here in this house, those who are listening uh, and watching. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will minister to them. Lord, that today they were edified and encouraged, that today maybe a person who does not know you has come across this message and, and has come to realize that they've been on the side of the Antichrist and you've made it known to them now. I pray today that they would repent of their sin and put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says if we confess the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. If that's you, just bow your head, bow your knee before Jesus. Say, God, forgive me of all my sins. I repent of what I've been doing. I want to turn away from my sin and I want to turn to you, Jesus. I, I believe that you are Lord and I believe that God raised you from the dead and I place my faith in that totally and I ask you to save me from my sins, Lord. And I believe that if you're sincere and you, you mean that from your heart, that God will fill you with his spirit and you'll be a new creation. Your mind will be renewed. And I pray that you will find a church where you can go and fellowship with. And if you're local and, you, and this could be a place where you want to be, well, we welcome you in the name of Jesus. We want you to come and fellowship with us that, we, that we, I can continue to uh, feed and help encourage you as you walk with Christ. So we love you guys. We pray that God's blessing, his, his presence will be with those of you who are his, that his presence will be with you as you go out this week to go proclaim and equip. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. We'll see you next time.